This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good Thursday morning to you. It's time for MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Coming up on today's show, we'll speak with Ricky Flint from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks here in Mississippi about alligator hunting season. And coming up later on in the show, we'll speak with the uh, with Leonard Vernquist, L- Verngust, I'm sorry, I knew I was get that wrong, from the Gulf Coast Running Club. Me and the names, right? Then we'll learn about the Mississippi Mudbugs softball team. We'll speak with their coach, Sandy Hearn. That and much more coming up on MPB's Season Pass after the news right here on Think Radio. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Simon & Schuster, publisher of Why Buddhism is True, The Science and Philosophy of Meditation and Enlightenment by Robert Wright, a journey through psychology, philosophy, and meditation, available where books are sold. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB's Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening today. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. When you go to mpbonline.org forward slash season pass, there's a purple button that says subscribe. If you click that, it'll get you started having season pass at your fingertips, whatever you're like, whatever you'd like. Uh, on today's show, we'll speak with the race director for the Gulf Coast Running Club, Leonard uh, Vergunst. And uh, then later on, we'll learn about the Mississippi Mudbugs softball team from their coach, Sandy Hearn. But right now, we have uh, Ricky Flint, Alligator Program Coordinator from the uh, Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks here in the studio with us. Thanks for making the trip over. And it was a long, long drive you had to make there. But uh, thanks for coming in. Just around the corner. That's right. It's so good to have you here. Appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day. Absolutely. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, when folks think about uh, alligator season in Mississippi, uh, one of the first things I think is that, okay, so this wasn't always a thing. Um, right. It's it's fairly new. It's not like a brand new thing anymore here in our state, but it's fairly new. And so it's like, is this a sport thing or is this a, you know, did, did, did we need to kind of call the alligator population in Mississippi type of thing? Right. Well, the first thing is, is that the alligator situation in Mississippi and in all of North America is one of the great conservation success stories. Uh, most people relate to the fact that alligators were once on the endangered species list, which that occurred in 1967. They were taken off the endangered species list in 1987. And uh, a lot of that occurred because of conservation efforts of state and federal uh, wildlife agencies like Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And um, 
through our conservation efforts, um, alligator populations were rebound with uh, adequate protection. And um, as time has gone on, uh, some states, particularly like Florida and Louisiana, have offered alligator hunting as a means to help control the population. Um, a lot of the mean, means to or need to uh, manage those populations has to do with uh, human encroachment. Um, there has been uh, just a tremendous amount of encroachment into typical alligator habitat right. since the 1970s. Um, let's face it, um, even in Mississippi, uh, but particularly in places like Florida, if there is water anywhere and a road nearby, someone is trying to develop some type of establishment, whether it's residential or commercial. And uh, as that has progressed, um, we have moved into the backyard of the alligator. Uh, that's not so much the case here in Mississippi, but it certainly is the case in coastal Mississippi and right here around the Jackson metro area. Um, downtown Jackson is right next to one of the most uh, dense populations of alligators in the state uh, here associated with the Pearl River and Ross Barnett Reservoir. And over time, these populations have rebounded to the point that uh, our assessments have been that they have reached a point they can withstand some limited uh, gotcha. take. Yeah. And uh, that offers a recreational opportunity for hunters in Mississippi to uh, go out and recreationally hunt alligators. Uh, it is a very restricted hunt. Uh, it is by special permit. People who desire to do that have to go through a application and permitting process. We offer alligator hunting training courses uh, for those people. And so there's a lot involved. And um, all of this will culminate tomorrow at 12 noon uh, with the 13th year of alligator hunting opportunity. God, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. First year was 2005. We offered uh, a, a hunting season on just a little 13-mile stretch of the Pearl River uh, above Highway 43 going to uh, Cold Bluff, and, uh, or, or excuse me, Lowhead Dam. And, uh, and that was, there was 50 permits allowed that year. Uh, things have progressed every year since then. We've expanded some opportunities, and in 2012, we went to a nearly statewide alligator hunting season. 2013, we went statewide. Uh, so now we offer seven different hunting zones across the state, geographically based, um, and we offer now 920 permits across the state. Um, on average, we've been... Uh, having about 3,200 different people involved in those public water alligator hunts the last few years. Uh, it's a significant source of uh, revenue for our agency. About $250,000 in license revenue is wow, coming yeah. in. And, and our agency is 100% funded by license revenue. Uh, we do not receive any general funds uh, from the legislature. And so uh, it's it's significant, and, and it's a great opportunity for the public. And... Uh, the unique thing that we have seen over the years is how uh, varied the audience is, our customers that are involved yeah. in alligator hunting. There's a significant portion of those hunters being involved every year that have never been involved in hunting and fishing, uh, have never bought a hunting and fishing license in their life, but they're being a part of a hunting party uh, to go out and catch alligators. And uh, those people... Or getting experiences that you can't get on television. 
Okay. Well, that seems like a seems like a strange way to jump in, right? Yeah. And so um, <laughs> maybe we can work ourselves up to the alligators. I don't know. Yeah. And so uh, they they jump in with both feet and they're alligator hunting and 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 listening to their um, their stories and their emotions when we're out there on the water checking these hunters and. Uh, just seeing the smiles on their face and the excitement and hearing people say things like, man, if y'all would offer alligator hunting 365 days a year, I'd never go deer hunting again. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's saying a lot yeah, right so there. That, that says a lot. That's pretty amazing. All right, so I remember when when that first season when there were fifty licenses and there were just there was there was clamoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was how you created a market for yourself right there. Create some demand anyway. Uh, that's pretty interesting. All right, so. Um, for the guy that's watched um, the shows on TV and they yeah. just want to go shoot him, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you can't just like step out of the house and grab a, you know, grab a rifle and go shooting up some, right. go shooting up the water. So, for as you mentioned, we're we're right up on it for this season. But if they want to jump in, maybe next year, how do they start the process of being able to uh, get out and hunt for some alligator in Mississippi? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say to that is if if your if your concept of alligator hunting is based upon anything you've seen on cable television, you need to erase that from your hard drive. <laughs> the one sitting on top of your shoulders because none of that stuff pertains to Mississippi alligator hunting. Then I would say if you're interested in being involved in alligator hunts, uh we start uh promoting this thing in about April. Uh, as we uh, approve the rules and the process for the upcoming gator season. And we'll put that information on our website. Uh, For instance, this year there was an application process where people had about seven days to apply electronically. Uh, It cost them about $2.30-odd to buy an application electronically. That was just to handle the processing fees. And that puts your name in the hat for the opportunity to be drawn. And then we have an electronic drawing that's a completely random drawing by a third-party entity. And then we send out email notifications to those winners. And then they have a 48-hour window to actually buy their permit. If they do not buy their permit within that first 48 hours, then it shuts down, and we will do a second drawing uh, for the remaining available permits. And that's the way it happened this year, and I expect it to be the same for next year because it went very well uh, this year. We've changed the processes over the years uh, as needed, uh, listening to our customers and their desires and complaints and problems. And uh, this one has worked probably better than any we've ever done. And so uh, you can do that. You can go to our website right now, mdwfp.com, and click get on the alligator program page and all the information you need to know about alligator hunting is there there's a download for the alligator hunting guide you can read it from front to back and just about know everything you need to know without ever getting out on the water and and having some experience we have uh instructional videos available that you can watch and um it's it's a great thing and uh you know we're we're seeing for instance, this year we had about 4,140 uh, or so uh, applicants put in for those wow. 920 permits. Yeah. And uh, it seems like we've kind of plateaued as far as the number of people putting in. But uh, the interest is always uh, growing. We get new uh, people involved every year. And um, there, are, there are over uh, about 5,500 people 
individuals that have gone through our alligator training course uh, over the years since 2005. So there's a there's a lot of different people out there that have been involved and and they're passing on uh, their experiences to new people all the time. The average hunting party is about three and a half people uh, to the hunting party, but I have seen hunting parties that uh, involved at least five different vessels. Wow. All following each other, watching one person who had a permit to go alligator hunt. And uh, so it, in some regards, it can become a social event. Spectator sport. <laughs> or a spectator sport in that situation. But to be part of the, the party proper, right, you've, you've got to be you you have to be licensed. licensed. Yeah. yeah. Everybody in the hunting party, 16 years of age or older, has to be licensed. Um, and talking about a, a spectator sport, one thing we do not allow is alcohol. Uh, regardless, That's a good call. Uh, if, if, if you're involved in alligator hunting and you have equipment on board to capture and kill alligators during the alligator season, if you have alcohol or alcoholic beverages on board, uh, you will be sighted. Your hunt will be uh, ended, and you will be escorted off the waterway. Yeah, that's a serious. We don't deal. allow it, and I know it's it's one of those things. I mean, you 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 hear about, and a lot of people understand, you know, drunk driving, mm-hmm. but that uh, it applies to you know being in the water as well. And I, yeah. a lot of people that just it it I guess it kind of just goes it, it's completely just slips their mind or yeah, goes I mean, over their head, or it's just something you don't think about. People socialize and and alcohol beverage taking and taking out intoxicating beverages is, is a part of uh, some people's socializing. Um, and in the early years, that rule was not in place, and it became a problem. Yeah, um, right off the bat. I mean, the first year I remember we us encountering a, a group of hunters that were on a pontoon boat and DUIs. Uh, yeah, we had to write citations for boating under the influence for people that were out there trying to catch an animal that, uh, if placed on board, could uh, cause some very serious bodily harm and possible death. So, um, alcohol impairs your judgment. Yeah, it does. Impairs your <laughs> ability to move and and uh, coordinate. So. It's a good rule. How did you get into uh, being the, the, the alligator man? <laughs> uh, luck, I guess. <laughs> um, I I started, I, I've now been working with the state agency for 24 years. I started out in the wildlife management area program, managing wildlife management areas, uh, and I did that for about 10 years. And the uh, position for the alligator program had been vacant for about two and a half years, and uh, I expressed some interest in it and uh, was offered the position and moved into that in 2003 and uh, been doing that ever since then. And um, one of the first tasks I was given after they allowed me to get my feet under me uh, was to develop uh, alligator hunting season, uh, a public alligator hunting season. And uh, it took the best part of a full year to uh, get with other state agencies, see what they had done, um, see what I thought would uh, work well here in Mississippi. And uh, basically, I was able to model our first alligator season about what was being done in the state of Georgia. And uh, I had met their program uh, coordinator in 2004, luckily at a a regional meeting, and had a presentation. And when I watched the presentation, I said, that's what I've been looking for. Yeah. And uh, and so we used that to model our first alligator hunting season and has continued to progress from there. 
Well, the website to go to is mdwfp.com. It's a great website. And if you're going there for just the alligator stuff, you're going to go down a wormhole because there's a bunch of great stuff. <laughs> and uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, the science Appreciate that goes it. into everything you do, and it's not you know it's not just a bunch of game wardens or something that you would think. It's I mean, there's so much awesome stuff that you guys do on a you know a thousand different levels that is, uh, is really really intriguing. You guys are awesome. It's very rewarding and. Couldn't ask for a better job. J-O-B. That's right. Ricky Flint with the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Thank you for your, your time this morning. Absolutely. All right. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. More MPB Season Pass after this. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks so much for listening today. Uh, coming up a little bit later on the show, we'll speak with Sandy Hearn, coach of the Mississippi Mudbugs softball team. And then later we'll tell you about some events going around, some sporting uh, and uh, outdoor events going on in the state of Mississippi uh, this week, this weekend. But right now, we'd like to welcome to the show Leonard Vergunst, the race director for the Gulf Coast Running Club. Leonard, thank you for your time this morning. Yes, um, glad to talk to you. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the history of the Gulf Coast Running Club. Well, the um, Gulf Coast Running Club uh, has been in existence since uh, 1978. Uh, it's our 39th year. Um, it started back when the running boom took off uh, in, in the early 80s. And um, it was just put on by a handful of people uh, that eventually grew to, um, we have a membership now of uh, 700 people. Um, we have uh, races that we put on uh, from state line to state line on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Even though we call ourselves the Gulf Coast Running Club, it's basically the Mississippi Gulf Coast Running Club. And we have, like I say, races from Diamond Head and Stennis all the way to Pascagoula, about uh, two a month, uh, about 25 a year. So uh, we're very busy and we're very active. Yeah, I see you looking at the schedule on uh, your website there, GulfCoastRunningClub.org, and it is, that's a busy schedule. So uh, the folks who are in the club, uh, they're, they're getting a lot of work in. Uh, tell us how you got involved with the uh, Gulf Coast Running Club. Um, well, I started running late in life. I'm uh, 61 years old now. I started running when I was in my mid-30s, uh, just uh, as uh, for health reasons, and uh, I really enjoyed the club. I enjoyed the uh, camaraderie and had a little success early on. And um, so I started to uh, uh, wanting to help out a little more. Uh, they had monthly meetings back then, so I went to the meetings. I learned a little bit more of the inner workings of the club. And within time, um, there was uh, we lost our race director, and I said, well, you know, I'll, I'll step in temporarily until you find somebody because I'm, you know, I'm very busy with my business. But, you know, here it is 25 years later, and I'm still the race director, and so it just kind of evolved that way. Absolutely. So tell us the benefits about, uh, you know, maybe if somebody, there's somebody who gets outdoors and runs, you know, every day or most every day. What's the benefits of being in a running club? Well, I really try to uh, encourage people to join the club. Uh, uh, not only do you get, you know, discounts on the races, 
you get monthly newsletters mailed to you and all the flyers and race results and pictures and you know that, that helps with the motivation uh, for the races and a lot of times <clears throat> people just don't realize you know uh, how many uh, active races there are a year unless you get the the mail outs and you, you uh realize oh well there's this race almost uh, every weekend somewhere you know along the coast so um and then we have our our banquet at the end of the year and uh we we give scholarships to some of the family members uh that have graduating uh, uh high school kids very cool and uh you know so a lot, a lot of ben- a lot of benefits come with it all right so tell us uh you mentioned a, a schedule of about 25 races uh, you have all kinds or, or what do you when you're trying to schedule races or book a schedule like this what are some of the things you're looking for uh in the races and and what kind of different races do you have well, we we try to uh, not have all the same. We, we try to mix things up a little bit. Uh, 5K seemed to be the uh, most popular distance because it's um, you know it's kind of a middle distance. It's three miles, and so the majority of the races along the coast and uh, in the area are 5Ks. So what we decided to do was try to add some different distances uh, into our schedule. We have 8Ks and 10Ks and half marathons and marathons. And uh, even to mix it up even a little more, we uh, added uh, some multi-sport. So we've got some duathlons, which is, uh, incorporates the bike. That's uh, like a run, bike, run. We've got about three of those. And then also uh, kayak. We've got a couple of races where you run in kayak or run and bike in kayak. So, uh, yeah, we've got a good variety within that uh, 25 race schedule. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm looking at uh, kayaking. There's canoeing in one here. There's a, there's a bunch of different stuff going on. How much is it like, you know, sometimes when we see um, the the major marathons that get most of the, the, I guess, the spotlight on television, for some people, it's a very competitive thing. For other folks, it's just about doing it and saying that they've done it. What's what's the, what do you think the, the, the percentage or the breakdown is of the people uh, in the Gulf Coast Running Club that are doing it to, you know, find a new thing in life to accomplish and say that they've, you know, they've climbed that hill, so to speak. And then who who's setting out to be, you know, the best at this that they can be? Well, you know, I get calls during the week and people uh, that are new to the sport and they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just a jogger. I'm not really competitive yet. And, uh, and they said, well, you know, I, I may not be able to run the whole way. Can I walk? Do you allow walkers? And the thing is, everyone's welcome. And some people just join up just uh, to come experience the uh, event and walk, and then they, they just keep coming and eventually start jogging, and next thing you know, they start running. We've got, um, uh, in the marathon distance, uh, we've only got one uh, long-distance race like that because not everybody can just jump in and run a 26-mile race. Right. I think that's probably why the 5Ks are a little more uh, popular because pretty much anybody can at least jog, you know, three miles and, you know, finish it at the end of the race and get the T-shirt. So you, there's all different levels. I, I would say, you know, it's kind of a 50-50 mix. About 50 of the people, 30% of the people are coming to try to win an age group award, and the other 50 are just coming to participate and enjoy uh, being with the other runners. Now, I noticed the schedule stretches from March through to November. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. And while you do have the Gulf Breeze on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, it is still in Mississippi. Uh, and so you know, June, July, August, those can be hot months. How do you how do you schedule or try to work around the heat in Mississippi? Or is that a thing you you worry about? 
Okay. Well, if you've been to the website, it may be a little misleading because uh, we still have the whole year up on our home page. But actually, we raced 12 months a year. Uh, we, we from January to December. Uh, every month, we've got uh, pretty much at least uh, two races a month. So um, if you click to the bottom of the page, then the rest of the races come up. So uh, it's not a seasonal type of thing. Uh, what is seasonal is the distance. In the summertime, we schedule more shorter races, five uh-huh. days. In yeah. the wintertime, then we do more of the longer races, the 10Ks, half marathons, marathons when it's cooler, you know, so uh, people don't suffer as much with the long races in the hot weather. What uh, what type of track are you looking for in terms of, uh, you know, uh, I guess how many, you know, climbs you have or is it flat for different you know, types of races, for different types of uh, skill levels? But how, how do you look for... Yeah those types of things when you're making out the courses for the races that you have? Well, uh, if you're from the coast, you realize we're pretty flat down here. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's one of the reasons a lot of people like to come to the coast is because they know they're going to run on a flat course, and, of course, flatter courses are easier than hillier courses. Um, now, <clears throat> when I uh, race um, out, of, out of the area, if I, if I go, if I'm training for a marathon, say the Boston Marathon or something, I know it's going to be a hilly course. I just run up and down Houston Springs Bridge because that's about the, the only hill that I can find around here of any, uh, of any grade. <laughs> so, um, yeah, pretty much all our races are flat. Um, you'd have to go north of the interstate before you start finding a few little rolling hills. But generally, most of our races are right here along the beaches and, uh, you know, uh, in the flat, flat areas. So uh, you don't have to go looking for... Uh, um, you know, anything other than flat courses, and they seem to be the most popular because they're the fastest. Right, right. What You mentioned, you know, preparing for the Boston Marathon. What all of the big races have you done? Well, I'm a veteran runner. Uh, I've run uh, over 70 marathons. Uh, I've run the Boston Marathon 10 times and run most of the major marathons around the, uh, the country. I, I enjoy the longer races myself. Um, so I, I train pretty much year-round for the longer races. And um, I, I like to travel and see new cities and new areas. You know, I've been to uh, D.C. and Chicago and New York and Boston and Tucson and pretty much, you know, all the big major marathons, Orlando. Um, and it's just the destination, get away, go run a long race and, uh, you know, just run – if you want to run with thousands of people, you know, you go to the big city marathons and, you know, it's a lot different than running in the local races where you may have two or three hundred, where you, over there you'll have thousands of people to run with. When someone says they look at the distance of a marathon and they go, oh, my goodness, I could never run that in my entire life. What do you say to folks like that? Um, well, it's not for everybody. Um, you know, some people are, are very heavy. You know, if somebody's say, pushing 200 pounds, I would discourage them, actually, from trying to run a marathon unless they got the weight down because it's just not very conducive. It's a long way, and, and it's, uh, the heavier you are, the harder it is on your joints. Um, I'm, you know, 140, 150 pounds been that my entire life. I, the genetics that I was uh, born with um, has helped me to be a runner. I, uh, you know, I couldn't play football. I wasn't big enough when I was young. So I kind of gravitated to more of the uh, endurance-type sports. So, um, you know, I, I, it's the type of thing you've got to build up for, uh, even if you uh, do have the, uh, the body uh, weight. And so you need to take it easy in the beginning, you know, start with 5Ks, graduate to 10Ks, and uh, give yourself some time to build up the distance and try 
basically at least once a week go out and do a longer training run and try to build your knowledge up and prepare for a uh, uh, race like this. All right. If somebody wants to join uh, the Gulf Coast Running Club or uh, you know look for a running club closer to them, what do you say the first thing they do is? Well, if you live on the coast, uh, we are pretty much the only um, organized uh, running club in the area. Like I said, we have 700 members. Everybody that joins uh, enjoys it, and so I would say join our club. And the best way to do that is um, just we can go to our website, org, or just come to a race. We have membership forms there that you can fill out. It's only uh, like $20, and you uh, get all the benefits of membership, and you get everything that's like say, the newsletters mailed to you. And then once you become involved as a member, um, you, you make friends, and you find training partners, and it's conducive to, you know, sticking with the sport, whereas, you know, just going it alone. Absolutely. Uh, Leonard Vergens, the, the race director for the Gulf Coast Running Club. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Yeah, good. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. GulfCoastRunningClub.org. Great schedule uh, that they have set up there, and you know, all the numbers, the contact numbers, and the emails if you want to get involved. And, uh, boy, they race all over the place on the Gulf Coast. Uh, so a great schedule set up right there. And uh, my producer, Liz, was telling me that uh, the, all the reviews that you see on Facebook is that everybody is uh, so impressed with how well set up the races are and how uh, well, I guess, uh, officiated is not the right word, but organized. Uh, so there you go. Very good. Our thanks to uh, Leonard Vergantz for being on this morning from the Gulf Coast Running Club. When we come back from this break, Liz Gill will speak with Sandy Hearn, coach of the Mississippi Mudbug softball team. That's after this timeout. Thanks for listening to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. MPB Season Pass. I'm Liz Gill. Our next guest is Sandy Hearn. She's the head coach for the Mississippi Mudbugs softball team who recently competed in the 2017 Special Olympics North America Softball Championship. So welcome to MPB Season Pass, Sandy. Thank you so much to be here. Well, so for our listeners, tell us about the Mississippi Mudbugs. Who are they? Okay, the Mississippi Mudbugs is a Special Olympics softball team that is from uh, River City Region Area 10, which is Vicksburg. And uh, we go out, and all the kids are special needs in one way or another. And we go and play softball together and have a good time. Oh, so fantastic. So uh, are they They're from the Vicksburg area? Are they mostly all from Warren County? Or do you have oh, some yes, from definitely. Louisiana? 
No, we are all from Vicksburg, from Warren County. Okay, and how long have you all been a team? We've been a team now for four years. Oh, okay, great. Now, uh, I know, but uh, tell our listeners, where all have the mud bugs played? I'm just so uh, in awe of this. Well, uh, in 2014, we went to New Jersey. And at New Jersey, we uh, played in the, the Moose International North Championship that we just got through in. And in that tournament, we took gold. We took first place in that one. Wow. And in 2015, we traveled to Wichita, Kansas. Uh-huh. And we played in that tournament, which is the same tournament, and we took gold in that tournament. And then last year in 2016, we traveled to Roanoke, Virginia, and uh, we took silver. We got second place. And then uh, this week in 2017, we went to Bismarck, North Dakota, and the team that beat us last year beat us this year. Oh, so. no. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't bad. It was only about two runs. And, you know, the mud bugs, we held our own, and they've done a really good job. The team really, they're, they're a good group of kids. They work together. They help each other out. They don't fuss at each other. They're just, you know, the saying, there's no I in team, this is definitely the Mississippi Mud Bugs. Well, so I've heard about their their tournament wins. Uh, what do y'all do when you're when you're not in a tournament? Do you do y'all play uh, other teams around the Vicksburg area? Uh, no, actually, we don't. Uh, we uh, just participate in our uh, Mississippi area Special Olympics uh, tournaments that we have. Uh, in let's see. Uh, September thirteenth, we are playing on our local level in Vicksburg area. Ten's local level, we'll be playing softball there, and then on October the twenty-first, we'll be traveling to Hattiesburg to Camp Shelby, and we'll be playing in our Special Olympics fall games. And oh, they're okay. Our state fall games. Okay. And so we'll play the other teams from uh, the state of Mississippi, the Special Olympics. Oh, okay. Well, what did, off the top of your head, do you know what are the other teams from Mississippi that uh, play Special Olympics softball? Yeah, there's a team out of Madison, and there is, um, oh, my gosh, I can't even remember what the name of, and I'm so sorry. I can't oh, that's okay. Their, Just their ge- geographic are area. From, are there any from yeah. the coast? That, no, actually, they're from uh, from. Uh, the Capital City region. Oh, okay. They're from Jackson. They're they're from the Madison area. Okay. There. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I that's okay. That's name. okay. So and there's also a team that we played that's up from uh, around uh, Oxford area, closer up to the state line. Okay. All right. So, and h- how about your practices? What all uh, do y'all do? Y'all run run the bases? Is it uh, hard practices? Oh, yes. For us to get ready for to go to um, Bismarck, we started practicing at the end of May. Uh-huh. And we practiced every Sunday, and we would practice from uh, three to four hours of the evening. Oh, my goodness. Well, evening, that's good. That, that, that's yeah. better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, this year the rain wasn't uh, real cooperative with us. You right. know, we, we missed a whole lot of practices because... 
we can't practice during the week because we have three athletes that work at night. Right. So we practice as a team. We don't just practice and uh, this guy be out or this girl be gone. No, we're going to practice as a team. Oh, okay. So we're all we're all together. So we probably this year between the first of June to the time we left, we probably got in maybe six or seven practices where we should have at least had nine to ten. Something like that. Okay, so, but they still done good. <laughs> <laughs> what What are the What are the ages of uh, your softball players? Uh, we start at age seventeen, and we have an athlete that is uh, is forty. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Nice, good, nice, good variety. And oh, yeah. uh, you know, I know uh, with you with you traveling around the country, how's the the team able to go to so many tournaments? Oh, my gosh. For us, we have to raise our own money, which, you know, that's only right. Mm-hmm. Um, what we did, we've done in the past and this year, the Moose, the, this tournament is sponsored by the Moose International. Uh-huh. So, therefore, our Moose Lodge, which is number 1581 in Vicksburg, has been a major sponsor for us. And they help us raise money to go. And what they do is they help, they sell plate lunches. Mm-hmm. I, they do a fundraiser and they sell plate lunches. And then they also also do an auction at the end of the day. And you know they've helped us. The Moose Lodge here in Vicksburg has just helped us immensely. Oh, that's wonderful. They've got on board, and the kids have. We've also raised. Um, money by having car washes uh-huh. uh, when we first started washing cars i never washed so many cars in my entire <laughs> life <laughs> but the kids and it's and it's you know a lot of them have never washed cars right and we showed them and taught them how to wash cars and they picked up on it really well and done a really good job so uh we've had a few car washes and then they've done really well for us We've also sold raffle tickets for a uh, homemade quilt uh, this lady made and donated to us, and we sold raffle tickets on it. And actually, we sold raffle tickets on it two years in a row because the person that won it donated it back to oh. us. <laughs> and we, we sold raffle tickets for next year. <laughs> so that, that worked out really well. That was and, lovely of that winner. I'm telling you. And then uh, we've also raised money by the kids waiting tables in restaurants. Wow, what what quite a lot of effort uh, that the softball players have put in over and above just playing softball. That's exactly right. They they want to go, they want to travel, and uh, they'll do anything we ask them to do to help raise money. Well, they'll be there. Let's let's go. We've been from the from the the, the general. Let's get to some specifics. Tell us about uh, some of the players and what it's been for them to to be on the softball team and to go to some of these tournaments. What it's been like for them. Well, to start off with, uh, you know, of course, most of the tournaments, these tournaments we go to, we have to fly because mm-hmm. we're in southern states, and these are all up in North America. So. Um, the first year we went, some of them have never, ever even stepped on, been in an airport. Right. You know, none of them's ever flown, and it was a real experience for them. Uh, some of them were scared. Some of them were excited, and it was just 
and coaches included. We had coaches that had no problem. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an experience for us, but um, we uh, we lost a couple of players, not through being anyway. We we've lost a couple of players, and we've gained a couple of new players that um, have never flown too, and and all the other kids say. Oh, well, it ain't nothing to flying. Well, now they're pros. <laughs> <laughs> After you've flown one time, you're a pro. <laughs> right, right. But it is a real experience for them. And when we are off up playing out of state like that, we try to raise enough money to take them somewhere, you know, to enjoy something in that area. Right, right. Um, in the past, we have taken them to um, uh, an arcade that had go kart tracks oh, uh-huh. on the inside, and they've never some of them never drove go karts, right? You know, and it's just things, little things that you and I take for granted, right? That it's worth a million bucks to them, right? Go, yeah, just just uh, seeing different people and seeing the weather or seeing the trees, and uh, just being ex exposed to and and having to travel that's uh educational in and of itself it sure is it really is um in uh north dakota this past week the weather was i just can't it was just awesome <laughs> the mornings were the mornings were 58 degrees and we had to wear jackets and then we get out on the ball field and it gets up to 76 or 78 and it's just perfect right the wind is blowing and it's just it's just awesome and then we have an athlete from north dakota that said well y'all better drink plenty of water tomorrow because it's going to be 91 degrees it's going to be hot, hot. <laughs> that is not hot for us because <laughs> we have practiced in the heat and it'd be 98 degrees or 99 degrees right you know so 91 was just perfect for us. <laughs> but it never got that high when we were down up there playing. Right. Um, the weather was great. Well, Sandy, I hear you've got uh, something uh, exciting coming up next week. Tell us about uh, the Hit a Home Run. Uh, the Hit a Home Run is going to be at Trustmark Park, and it's to raise money for the Mississippi uh, Special Olympics. And it's going to be held August 31st at Trustmark Park. Mm -hmm. And uh, half of the Mudbugs are going to be on the governor's team. Okay. And the other half of the Mudbugs are going to be on the media team. Oh, okay. And uh, they they are really, really excited about playing that because they've never really actually been on a, uh, on a major league field. And I when I told them that they were going to get to – do that. One of the one of the athletes says, "I'm going to get to see the governor." I said, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they they're really looking forward to that. And um, it's just, Special Olympics is just awesome. You know, they do try to do a lot of things with the kids, and I, I can't say. I don't know what to say about our Special Olympics, Mississippi. They they care a lot about the kids and they get the kids involved mm -hmm. and they're, they're just one for organization 
Well, I'm so glad. Well, we'll make sure when uh, we'll have after the show broadcast, we'll put it online and uh, uh, all the teammates can can listen to coach talk about the mud bugs. And uh, we'll also put a link to Special Olympics and we'll put a link to the the hit a home run so that folks who want to go out and. And, and watch, watch the governor. You know, you know, I don't get to watch. I want to see the governor play softball. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> but I will say this: these kids, these these kids, just to hit a ball and run to first or second base is like a million bucks to them. Right. You know, and to you and I, it's just I don't know. Some people seem to take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And and just just little things, and, and they just enjoy it. They're they're all happy. They love everybody. Uh, nobody's better than the other one. We're all equal, you know, in their eyes. And they're just they're just wonderful group of kids. You know, I got two girls on my team. My pitcher is a is one of my pitchers is a girl, uh-huh. and she dominates. She right. Is, she <laughs> You know, women rule anyway. <laughs> and uh, she she puts a spinner on the balls. And actually, one of the coaches from one of the other teams while we were in, in uh, North Dakota come up to me and says, you're not paying your pitcher enough money. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves more money than y'all paying her. <laughs> uh, and we're really proud of her. You know, she does a really good job. Well, speaking of paying, now you're not a, a professional softball coach yourself, are you? Oh, no, I am not. <laughs> I've been with us. Now, I have played softball in my days, when, you know, when I, I didn't even play on a league in, in high school. We just played our, on our city league. Oh, uh-huh. You know, we had sponsors, and and uh, no, I'm not a professional, <laughs> but I've been I've been playing some softball in my days. <laughs> so you 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 just you just coach this on your in your spare time, is that right? Oh yes, definitely. I'm total. I'm a volunteer. Uh, I have been uh, coaching with Special Olympics for now twenty twenty two years. Uh, and I do coach on all the levels. I, I coach swimming. I'm the head coach for our swim team. <laughs> I've coached bocce. I've coached basketball. I've coached volleyball. I've coached <laughs> anything that needs coached. I was there. <laughs> oh wow! What a what a trooper! Yeah, yeah. But I have a niece that has Down syndrome. Uh huh. And that's really how I got started in Special Olympics. Okay. Like, you know, we had not until she was born. And actually, as a family, my whole family, my sister, my other sisters, and uh, we all help Special Olympics in one form or another. Okay. Well, if someone uh, wanted to volunteer or if someone had a, a family member who they thought uh, would like to participate in some of these sports, how would you suggest they get involved? The best way to get involved with uh, Special Olympics Mississippi is to uh, go to our website. It's specialolympicsms.org, and they can pull up. And it showed them if they want to volunteer, and we're always needing volunteers. And there's a form and uh, a, protect, a protective behavior um, test that they have that is required to take. And right. 
of course, Special Olympics does a background check on all, everybody. And but if you if they want to become an athlete, there is a button they can click on that says, "Do you want to become an athlete?" And they will direct you to your area uh, director that's over your area that you're in. Sandy, this has just been fantastic. We really appreciate you being on Season Pass this morning and telling us all about the Mississippi Mudbugs. Well, thank you so much for inviting us to be on it. Um, anything that we can get out for Special Olympics for Mississippi, everything helps. We'll have more Season Pass when we come back from the break. can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is MPB Season Pass on MPB Think Radio, and uh, we're going to round out. I'm Liz Gill, and we're going to round out this hour with some events that are going on this weekend in the Jackson area. It's a Jackson Poker Run. That's tonight at 530 at Lucky Town Brewery. It's free admission. The three-mile run features a two card stops along the course and uh, you receive a third card when the participants finish the run and you try to match the three cards to the two house cards at the brewery also features jambalaya from the louisiana marathon also in the jackson area pro wrestling ego all or nothing is saturday from seven to nine at the hideaway it's pro wrestling event features wrestlers such as joey abel chuck mcmullen ray fury monty warbucks and more the doors open at six we're so glad that you tuned in to mpb's season pass we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast when you go to mpbonline.org season pass there's a purple button that says subscribe if you click it it'll get you started to having season pass at your fingertips whenever you like i'm liz gill our producer jay white was our host and southern remedy kids and teens with dr jimmy stewart is next this is mpb think radio